Well, I doubt it's the news you were hoping for, but it's the news we got as the Atlanta Braves sign outfielder Jordan Luplo to be a platoon partner in left field. It looks like the Atlanta Braves are possibly going the cheap route in left field this offseason. We'll talk about that, and we'll also get back into our Miners Monday breaking down former first-round pick Jared Schuster and also looking at perhaps the next top catching prospect in the system in Drake Baldwin. We'll cover all that on today's episode of Locked On Brave. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I'm your host, Jake Amastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always love trying to make this podcast as interactive with you, the listener, as we can. And you do a great job of that as well with your responses on Twitter, your comments on YouTube. Really do appreciate it. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. I've gotten a ton of great compliments here lately on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Those mean a ton to me. I can't express to you enough how much they mean to me. So I appreciate all the support that you give me on the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the Braves signing Jordan Luplo, what that means for the rest of this offseason. Are the Braves content going in with what they have, going somewhat the cheap route this offseason. We'll talk about that, and then we'll also break down Jared Schuster and Drake Baldwin, a couple of players who could potentially be some of the top prospects in the Braves system at the end of 2023. And then, obviously, if you want to talk about the shortstop position, you want to talk about the Braves doing cheap, let me know in the chat section if you're here live or in the comment section on YouTube. We'll get to those in the final segment as we typically do. Well, let's start with the Jordan Luplo signing announced on Monday. The Braves signed outfielder Jordan Luplo to a one-year deal worth $1.4 million. Luplo is 29 years old. He was a third-round pick by the Pirates in 2015, a right-handed hitter. Over six big league seasons, he's slashing 213, 313, 432 with 45 home runs and 322 games. Luplo is actually somebody that I, you know, I wouldn't say I loved. He wasn't my top choice at the last trade deadline, but I thought he was somebody that would be available for pretty cheap as a right-handed bat to come in and help the Braves out. Uh, but they ended up going with Robbie Grossman, who I think ended up being a solid addition as well. Um, he has a career OPS plus of 101, does Luplo, which is just above league average last year at Arizona though he slashed just 176 274 361 with 11 home runs in 83 games you want to maybe look on the bright side a little bit if you're not too thrilled with this signing Jordan Luplo did have a 10.4 percent walk rate which would have been tied for the second best on the Braves team with Matt Olson who also had a 10.7 percent walk rate Robbie Grossman's the only one who was higher and of course he was not there with the Braves the entire season and that 10.7 percent walk rate is actually the lowest for Jordan Leplow over the past four seasons so 
somebody who will take his walk, somebody who has some power from the right side. And that's exactly why the Braves got him. He has an 841 career OPS against left-handed pitching. So he becomes the pri- uh, the platoon partner for you know whether Eddie Rosario or Sam Hilliard in left field. He did, however, his OPS was down a pretty well, pretty good last year against um, left-handed pitchers, 673 and 111 at-bats last year against left-handed pitching. But overall, he's been a pretty you know solid uh, producer against lefties in his career. And so that's exactly what the Braves are hoping for with him. Look, I'm not trying to uh, blow any smoke here and get you pumped up for this signing. It's not. It's not exciting, and it's not what I was hoping for, and I'm sure it's not what many of you are hoping for. But, look, I talked about this after uh, Dansby Swanson, even before Dansby Swanson signing. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now that it just felt like it was Dansby or bust with me. In fact, I think that was the title the last time I did a podcast episode with Grant McCauley, who will be back with me on Wednesday, so look forward to that. I titled it Dansby Swanson or bust. I just kind of got the feeling like if they didn't get Dansby Swanson, that they were going to try to stay under the luxury tax, just go with what they have, maybe make some small moves here or there to tweak the roster. And that's the feeling that I'm I'm certainly still getting now is that if they were going to go over the luxury tax this year, and I think they still will perhaps this year, but definitely in the years to come, and again, the more years you do it and consecutively, the higher that tax gets. That's why the Dodgers aren't spending as much this year. They're trying to get under the luxury tax to reset their threshold as well or reset their the tax that they get hit with. So I just feel like if they didn't find that player that was worth going over the tax for, that they were just going to stand pat. Dansby was somebody they were obviously willing to do that for, as was Jacob deGrom, although I don't think they were ever that serious in those discussions and quite frankly what we see the offers from the Braves and the other teams they weren't exactly very serious in the Dansby Swanson negotiations either but bringing the point back I just feel like that it was Swanson or bust if they didn't get Swanson they were going to go somewhat cheap this offseason try to make a few tweaks for their depth you know get a platoon partner in left field roll with RC and Grissom at shortstop and see what happens during the season and Yes, that's not great. I don't love it as a fan. I know you probably don't love it, but as I keep trying to to say and remind you, the roster is still good enough to win. It's still good enough to make the postseason, even if they didn't make upgrades at shortstop in left field. Again, I wish they would. I wish, and maybe they do. I'm not trying to say it's it's impossible. There's still a lot of offseason left, but the options seem very slim right now and this signing of Luplo just seems like they're heading in the direction of not really making any major upgrades to shortstop or left field now a couple of couple of good notes on Luplo he's not slow his speed his sprint speed has gone down every year since 2018 but it's still well above average so he gives you a little bit of speed in the outfield and on the bases as well off the bench and he has a strong arm his arm strength ranked in the 96th percentile in 2022 and was really good the previous two years. So you're not going to have many runners trying to take the extra base on the Braves outfield with Leplo out there, Harrison center and Acuna in right field. Those are three very strong arms and he's a solid defender as well. So again, somebody who 
you can start against lefties, somebody you can bring in as a pinch runner, somebody that you can bring in as a defensive replacement late in the game, and somebody you can bring in you know, off the bench late in games as well as a right-handed hitter against a tough lefty. So, again, I'm not trying to sell you on this signing. It's not exciting by any means, but you can see the validity with it. And he's also played 110 innings at first base the last two years. I've been talking about you know, wanting to get somebody for that can back up first base as well. So Luplo can do that. You know, I've talked about Will Myers. I would have loved that. You know, even Adam Duvall. But again, you get him for 1.4 million. Again, we'll see. Time will tell. But I just feel like they're going to want to try, try to stay under that luxury tax if they can. That's what this signing kind of signifies even more so for me at this point. Um, so Leplo overall, good speed, good defender, strong arm, you know, big, big power against lefties comes in as platoon partner for Rosario and Hilliard and left field. I like it as a, a bench depth piece, not somebody necessarily to be the key cog in a platoon and left field, but as a, you know, if we were just signing him to fill out the bench and again, still a lot of offseason left, maybe that's going to be the case. Then I, I really like this signing, but if you're trying to sell me on him being a solid platoon partner in left field for, with Rosario and Hilliard, and that's what you're going with, a little bit more difficult to buy that at this point. But again, it depends. we'll see what happens the rest of the offseason. But to me, I just kind of get the feeling that the Braves are going to try to stay under that tax if they can and roll with what they have. All right, next we'll move into our Miners Monday segment. Didn't get to do it last week because of the Sean Murphy trade news. And we'll talk about Jared Schuster and Drake Baldwin after the break. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they have it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed and do so responsibly. You got Monday night football going on tonight, so plenty of action for you to get involved in. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So we're getting back into our Miners Monday segment. Again, didn't get to do it last week because of the Sean Murphy trade news. And that's okay because a couple of the prospects that you said you wanted to hear about that were on the list got traded in that move. So just knocked a couple of those guys off. But one name that a lot of you did request me to talk about is Jared Schuster. So we're going to talk about Jared Schuster. We're also going to talk about Drake Baldwin. But let's start with Schuster, the 25th overall pick in 2020, which was a bit of a surprise. Two years in a row, they go with a college pitcher out of Wake Forest that really wasn't that high on anybody's rankings. And uh, they did the same thing with Ryan Cusick, who they sent to Oakland in the trade for Matt Olson. Schuster was a guy who, you know, had an uptick of velocity at the summer Cape Cod League. And I think the Braves kind of bit on that. Uh, but so far, it hasn't translated at the big league level. That fastball just hasn't played up to where it was in the Cape Cod League. It's a low 90s fastball, but he does have really good command with it uh plus plus change up that is the pitch that is going to carry him if he gets to the big leagues and he's knocking on the door already it is a really good change up with some really good fade running away 
from right-handed hitters. And that's where I saw it really be most effective is him throwing that to right-handed hitters. He can throw it for strikes. He got a lot of swing and misses on it. The times I saw where hitters did make contact with his changeup, it was either a weak fly ball or they got on top of it for a weak ground ball. So that that changeup is uh, it is major league ready right now. He mixes in a solid slider as well at 85 miles per hour. So you got the fastball in the low 90s, the changeup at around 80 miles per hour, and the slider at 85 miles per hour. And, you know, as I watched some of his starts at Gwinnett, it seemed like he started to feature that slider a little bit more. I don't know if that was, you know, what they were just trying to work on at the the big or the, at the higher levels to get him prepared for, uh, for the major league, major league, uh, for the major league level. But, uh, sorry, I was laughing at a comment in the chat section there. But I, I think the the slider is something you know that he needs to improve on against left-handed hitters. Uh, to become more effective against lefties. But I saw him throw it more at the AAA level, and I really like the slider that I saw. So, again, good fastball command. It is low 90s, not what the Braves were hoping for in the mid-90s, mid to upper 90s, a plus-plus changeup, and an above-average slider. So, a, a you know, a really good three-pitch mix. He works fast. The pitch clock is not going to affect him at all, and he hides the ball pretty well as a left-handed pitcher. He advanced quickly after the Braves drafted him in 2021. He went all the way up uh, to double A and then last year, obviously moving all the way up to triple A. So like I said, he's knocking on the door overall last season, a 3.29 ERA, a 1.05 whip and 139 and a third innings with 145 strikeouts. However, things were a a bit alarming at the triple A level, a 4.25 ERA and a 1.21 whip in 48 and two thirds innings at Gwinnett with just 39 strikeouts and I really just think the reason for that is that that fastball it is hittable in the low 90s he does command it well most of the times but it gets hit pretty hard when he doesn't locate it I saw him a lot of times you know was able to get it into righties and really jam some hitters up especially you know they're looking for that that change up floating away from him and they get that fastball in so I just think that's the one thing, you know, if he could work on, he get that fastball spin rate up that the Braves really like and what they look for in their starting pitchers, perhaps that velocity, if it has, you know, the ability to tick up a bit. I think we're looking at somebody who could be a really good mid-rotation starter, but just as I see it right now, he's probably more of a, a fourth starter, fifth starter, somebody at the back of the rotation somebody who really has to rely on that fastball command and living with it on the edges, getting ahead in counts, and then being able to go to those off-speed offerings, being able to go to that changeup. You know, if he can do that, he can be really effective, and I can see him having some really good starts at the big league level that way. But I just think good hitters, and I saw this more at the starts I watched at AAA, good hitters are going to learn to lay off of that that changeup, he's going to be able to have to throw it for strikes more often, which again, he's capable of doing and he's shown that he can do. But it's just with that fastball velocity and the low spin rate, he has to be pinpoint with it, keep it on the edges and be able to work off that with his off speed uh, offerings that he throws. And again, that plus plus changeup, which was just so good when watching it, so many swings and misses on that changeup. So I kind of put the ceiling for Schuster right now at a three. Again, if 
you were able to get that fastball velocity back up and get the spin rate on it, I could maybe see him reaching a number two starter just because that changeup is so good. And if you can just fine tune that slider a little bit, you know, I could see him being a really good starting pitcher at the big league level. But for right now, it's just the margin of error is so thin because of that fastball. He's really got to be perfect with it to to be able to get ahead of hitters and put them away. But that's kind of where I put Schuster right now. And again, he's at AAA. I think he'll obviously start there. I think he's probably down in the pecking order, probably seventh or eighth right now on the starting pitching depth chart. But already reaching AAA, he continues to work on a couple of things next year, could possibly see him getting an opportunity. Now, moving to Drake Baldwin, a guy that I was really excited about coming out of last year's draft, third-round pick out of Missouri State, a catcher. Again, Tyler, he and Tyler, Tyler Tolvey might be the two best catchers in the system right now. Uh, Drake Baldwin being a left-handed hitter. He's 21 and just turns 22 in March, so still really young, even coming out of the college ranks. 24 games this past year, so small sample size, but slash 258, 396, but just a 315 a slugging percentage as he didn't hit a single home run in those 24 games. Did have five doubles, 18 walks to 22 strikeouts, and a very – Somewhat unique stance for Drake Baldwin. He really, you know, crouches down into his stance and and kind of cuts his, his turns his back to the pitcher. Really, you know, opening himself up to be able to get to those pitches on the outside. But at the same time, I feel like he could struggle against high velocity pitches in in and pitchers that can locate in at the higher levels. I think may be able to take advantage of that. Um, you got to be careful you go in there with him because that swing that he has is very violent to the pool side uh, just because of you know the way that he gets down in that stance and the way that he turns those hips, showing his back to the pitcher and then really rotating around. So I think there's a, a potential there for power. I know he didn't necessarily show it in his first you know professional season, 24 games at the professional level, but I think there certainly is potential there. It's honestly too small of a sample size right now to – project what he could be i do know scouting reports say that you know whether or not he can stay at catchers a little bit you know questionable he's not necessarily the best defensively back there right now but the bat is really what plays and i think i really like what the braves did with drake baldwin and the pick they took after him and david mccabe is two guys two big guys that i could see really growing into their power i think mccabe is already pretty much there with it more than Baldwin is, but two guys who also are willing to take a walk. And when you're playing at the, the lower levels, you're going to get more of that. But I, I really like the the Braves going after guys with high power, high on base. I think they need to see more of that right now at the major league level. So good to see them kind of taking that in their draft strategy. So that is it for the Miners Monday segment. Next, we'll kind of jump back into some of your comments and question about the Luplo signing, about Dansby Swanson, whatever you want to talk about, we'll chat about it here next. So in case you missed it over the weekend, I did record a podcast on Saturday. I don't normally do podcasts over the weekend, but I thought the Dansby Swanson news was big enough uh, that we did jump on here and get into that. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you go back and give it a listen. It's quickly turned into one of the biggest uh, podcasts that I've done this year. Um, but if you still want to chat about that, let me know and we can certainly do that. 
Uh, All Breakdown says, what's up with Mike Soroka? We haven't really heard much from him. He obviously got shut down at the end of the year. Right now, it just sounds like he's going to be hopefully having a typical offseason, coming to spring training with a chance to earn a rotation spot, uh, which I would love to see. Kwame says, looks like they are making moves to replace Duvall, but I don't know why. Sutton Tillery says, L move. Want to just talk about Adam Duvall for a second because a lot of people asking about Adam Duvall, and we've talked about it, and I've said for a while, I think it makes a lot of sense because Adam Duvall can play all three outfield positions. Uh, he can be a platoon partner with Rosario. I would I would have to guess, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but maybe Adam Duvall is going to be a little too expensive for the Braves, which is crazy to say because I don't see him signing for more than five to, to eight million. But as we've discussed, five to eight million takes the Braves over the luxury tax. And are they really going to go out and sign an Adam Duvall or a Elvis Andrews even to take them over the tax? Uh, again, until I, I know they said they'd do it and I believe that they will for the right player, but until I see them do it, I don't know that I'll believe it this year. So I, I just got to think Adam Duvall is probably going to get more than $1.4 million. You know, Luplo allows them to get a platoon partner and stay under the luxury tax with a little bit of wiggle room in there. So right now my thinking is that's where they're going, and that's why they didn't go after Duvall. But I do agree. I, I like Duvall. I think he would have been a quality right-handed hitter who can also play all three outfield positions. Michael Lasinski says, what are your feelings about picking up Jeter Downs? I mean, sure. I mean, why not take a chance on him? The Braves don't have much in terms of, you know, infield prospects right now at the higher levels. So why not pick him up and take a shot? I wouldn't pick him up, you know, hoping that he's going to be the Braves shortstop in 2023. But yeah, if you think there's something there, why not take a shot? I mean, Braden Chu makes what you got right now at the upper levels in terms of infield prospects, and I'm not too high on him. So it couldn't hurt at this point. Uh, Amo Potter says, I like the move. So there's somebody who's happy about the Luplo signing again. I don't hate it. I just hate what it signifies or what I'm thinking it's signifying is that the Braves aren't going to do anything else big this offseason upgrade the roster. Again, if Luplo were just for the bench to fill out the bench and give you a right-handed option, I would, I would really like this move as well. And in that regard, I do, but I just kind of am not liking what, what I think it signifies and the Braves aren't going to, to spend big. Chris Kaysen says, I'm starting to miss Dansby Swanson. It's only been a couple of days, Chris, so hang in there. Sutton Tillery says, this isn't Brian Reynolds. I don't think we're going to see Brian Reynolds this offseason. Um, Kwame says, I'm excited for next season. I expect Rosario and Ozuna to return to form. Look, the Braves got four guys right now in Rosario, Ozuna, Sam Hilliard, Jordan Luplo that you know, one of them's got to be somewhat decent next year, I would hope, and that's what the Braves are banking on. I do think Rosario will be better. I really got no hopes for Ozuna. I've said all along, you put him in there for 500 at-bats, he's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs, but gives you absolutely nothing in between that and does nothing else. He can't play defense. He can't run. He doesn't walk. He, does, he really does nothing, except when he hits the ball, he hits the ball hard and hits home runs, but again, those are few and far between. Um, WW says, I guess all the attendance and battery money was spent on extensions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it basically was, it was to extend their young core and to shore it up for the rest of this decade so that they continue to compete every year. Um, 
Kwame says, say what you will about Grissom is a better option than a $25 million Dansby and the luxury tax. We'll see. I mean, as much talk as the Braves have about defense and being strong defensively, and I even think this Luplo move was somewhat defense-oriented to go with somebody at shortstop that you didn't even trust to play second base at the end of last year defensively. Uh, that worries me a little bit. I don't worry about Grissom offensively. I think he can make up for what the Braves lose there with Dansby, but defensively, it seems like it's going to be a pretty big step back. Um, Chris Kaysen says, Grissom can be a better option and very sure, surely could be, but I'd rather pay a superstar and elite player on and off the field who represents the core values of your franchise. And I think this is the problem that a lot of people are – I shouldn't say this. You're, you're – you know – you're right. You have the right to your own opinion. Dansby Swanson's not a superstar, in my opinion, and I'm somebody who loves Dansby Swanson off the field. Yes, I mean i I can I can tell you I teared up watching Dansby Swanson, you know, open up that right field gate and just sign autographs with fans. You know, after the pandemic when nobody else was really doing that, he is by far a superstar off the field. On the field, not so much, but. Um, he, he is you know, obviously an all-star level player, but he got paid like he's a superstar. And I just, I don't agree that he is. Uh, Matt Karcher says, good enough to make the playoffs. Sure. Good enough to win it all. No, not so much. We are here for titles, not just making playoffs. Look, getting to the playoffs, the Braves saw it in 2021. You saw it with the Phillies last year. You never know what's going to happen. It's all about who's playing good at the right time. And I do still believe if this team, if they're clicking on all cylinders come postseason, it's still good enough to win a World Series. I truly believe that. If they're fully healthy and they're, you know, Strider's fully healthy, if Max Reed's fully healthy, I feel like they're still good enough to win a World Series. But again, that's my opinion. Uh, you have the right to yours as well. Um, Chris Kaysen says, looks like he has a good bat and Leplo. Excited about him. And I'm especially excited for our new catcher, Sean Murphy. Uh, Blaine Farnsworth said, I know Duvall's not speedy on the bases, but his bat adds power to the lineup. And I think Luplo brings you some some good power and speed as well. And I think he can play solid in the corner outfield spots. So to me, it's not much different than Duvall. I think Duvall maybe gives you a little bit more consistent offensively, which is kind of crazy to say because Duvall's driven me a little crazy at times offensively with the Braves. Kwame says, hindsight being 2020, we could have signed Freeman for the same price as Dansby and still pulled off the Olsen trade, let Freeman play first, and Olsen DH. I mean, I don't think they would have done the Olsen deal had they signed Freeman. And uh, this is something I, I've been wanting to point out, and I think I did the other day, is that everybody's comparing the Freeman and Dansby situation. To me, they're not comparable. With Freeman, there was nobody else bidding on Freddie Freeman. His agent just royally messed him up, and he should still be with the Atlanta Braves. With Dansby, there was just too many teams involved. The bidding just got out of control, and the the teams, you know, the price for Dansby just went way up beyond what the Braves were willing to offer. But the Braves made what was the best offer to Freddie Freeman until the Dodgers, you know, just came in in the last minute after the Braves made the trade for Matt Olson and, and you know, up the offer to that six year. But in the end, the money was pretty much the same when you consider California taxes. So it, it's a different situations, in my opinion. Emo says they can still bring in another bat. They can. Look, I'm not saying that they're going to go the cheap route this offseason. There's still two roster spots available. They're at 38 right now. So they can still do something big. It's just 
I just kind of had the feeling that it was Dansby or bust. I hope I'm wrong. Um, Chris Kaysen says that like button looks kind of lonely. I hope you, you continue to, to smash the like button, hit that thumbs up button in that notification bell to help support the show. Um, MTN farmer says, keep up the good work. Love the podcast. It's not a bad move in the big picture. It is the move the Braves need to make to be a contender. No, it's not. The holes have not been filled and apparently won't. Um, Chris Kaysen says, Sean Murphy, Rysel Iglesias. Can't wait to see them get after it on opening day. Hope Iglesias can leave where he left off last year with dominance. I hope so, too, because I know he had a little bit of struggles in L.A. before they traded him, uh, but he was lights out with the Braves. I'm sure he'll have his ups and downs there. Uh, Lex Rollins said, with no shift in the upcoming season, all the dynamics may be changing. A has some dead wood that he needs to get out cleared after the season. This will be a good team. Let's see what happens. That's the problem I have with this roster as well. And everybody's like, go trade for Max Kepler. You know, go go sign this, this outfielder to play left. They got some dead wood on this roster, unfortunately, and Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zuna that they're already paying nearly $30 million to to be their left fielder and dh and they're just as lex said they're dead wood at this point until you can get them off the roster it's just going to be hard to make any big upgrades but after this season you know obviously rosario will be off the books you know if ozuna is still here by then he's just going to be cut at that point but those are two guys right now that are just clogging up two spots on the roster kwame says off topic drew lugbauer was drafted as a catcher and has played First, his hit tool is suspect, but he hit 28 home runs in Mississippi and could be an option as a third catcher and bench bat. He is a, a big bat, left-handed bat uh, with huge power, but obviously some big swing and miss, some big strikeout rates as well. Um, all right, a couple more here, see if we have any any actual questions. Um, Noah says, I hope the lack of re-signing Dansby and Freddie help people prepare for the loss of Free. There's no way AA re-signs him for the money he will most likely want. Plus, he probably wants to go home to L.A. And I've been on that train for a while. Uh, Max Freed, enjoy the next two years. He's not re-signing with the Braves, and he is he's not signing an extension. He's going to free agency. He's going to get a big money, and it likely will be a West Coast team, I would figure. But I also don't – I'm just going to repeat this because a lot of people keep asking – I don't see the value in trading Max Reed. You're not going to get equal value in return, and this is a team trying to win a World Series. Just enjoy these next two years. Hopefully they win another World Series with him at the top of their rotation, but I do believe he is gone after these next two seasons. Uh, Alan Danzing says, It appears Braves and Dansby were off 8 to $9 million in AAV. If that number were smaller, he might still have remained in Atlanta. This is a, the one criticism I'll give the Braves. I would not have paid him what the Cubs paid him, but it almost just seems disrespectful that they never came up more than $100 million. Um, Maybe they didn't see the point because the offers were so far apart, but I just can't imagine the Braves didn't at least up their offer to $120 or $130 million. And if you do that, that's still a lot of money that Dante would have had to leave on the table, and maybe it it sparks the Cubs to up their offer even more, but I, I just can't, I can't believe they didn't lease up the offer a little bit. I got to imagine if I'm Dancy Swanson, that feels like a little bit of a slap in the face and disrespect from his side as well. Daniel Ross says, Jake, love the show. What about Gene Segura as a dark horse for shortstop? He's not good defensively. And if you're not going to, if you're going to go with somebody who's not good defensively, 
you might as well just go with Vaughn Grissom because I believe his bat's better than Gene Segura's at this point. Kevin M says, crazy to think that Dansby got a better contract than Freddie. Baseball can make no sense a lot of times. That is crazy as well. We've talked about that. If you would have told me a couple off seasons ago that Dansby Swanson was going to get more than Freddie Freeman, I would have said, you are crazy, but that is the world that we're currently living in. Thriving Surviving says, love the Braves insight. Keep up the good work. What do you think about the Braves going all in on Otani next year? Maybe we're being selective and now with next year in mind, Look, the Braves are are trying to win a World Series this year, and I will say it again, this roster is good enough to do so. I'm sure would love to see them plug some holes at shortstop and third base, but there are a lot of teams out there, a lot of contenders out there who would love to only have two holes in their lineup. They're not going to sign Otani. Uh, I don't know what Otani's going to get, but the way the market was this year, I mean, he's probably getting $40 million a year at least. Um, so I don't, I don't see the Braves in that playing in that realm um kevin m says are you thinking that they roll with grissom at the start of the season as if it's his job to lose or do they start with a platoon scenario with rca grissom and maybe adrianza first of all i've had a couple other people you know say this so i just want to put it on the record you don't if you bring if you're going to have grissom at the major league level don't put him in a platoon situation why would why would you do that and and first of all both grissom and rc are right-handed you could do it with adrianza who's a switch hitter but don't bring if you got Grissom up at the major league level, play him every day. Um, don't hurt his development by bringing him up and making him a platoon player, especially that's young in his career. Um, I am thinking right now that they're going to go into spring training, let Grissom play shortstop, you know, as many games as he can, see what they have with him. And if everything looks good, then I think he would start the season at shortstop. If not, they probably roll with Arcia, send Grissom down to AAA, let him continue to develop and work on things there. That's kind of what I'm thinking at the moment. Um, all right, one last comment. Alan Danzig says, you're probably correct about Max. It all depends on what the free agent market looks like for elite left-handed pitchers during his walk year. I got to imagine it's going to be just as big as it was this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Max Freed gets $30 million a year, uh, something like that, 20, 28, 30 million a year. Uh, it's going to be his age 30 season. So, I mean, this is one opportunity to get a big contract. He's going to go for it, and I think he's going to get a pretty big deal. All right, that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On MLB podcast, where movie expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective, talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 